Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 79 of the Unknown Comics Podcast. Uh, I'm Brandon. I'm Tanner. And you can't see us. Um, if you're listening on audio, you couldn't see us anyway. Uh, but now, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, yeah, you're just seeing a you're seeing a splash screen because we have made the decision to uh, to go to audio only um, for the for the foreseeable future. Now, um, that is not to say we won't do any video uh, versions in future, uh, but we're going to reserve those for special events. So, like mm-hmm. if we do have um, like uh, a live signing or or a, a special guest, um, we'll probably break out the cameras and actually do. We'll probably live stream them, yeah, um, and uh, and then do video. But but for the foreseeable future, uh, we're just going to move to audio only because that's where most of our listeners were anyway. Um, and we won't be doing um, the the live version of the podcast, like I said, unless we have um, a special reason to do so. Um, but uh, like I said, the numbers have kind of showed us that's you know we're after the fact audio versions where you're mainly listening to us anyway. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, it it just allows us to kind of make our make our setup a little more comfortable, uh, make this a little bit easier to do. Got a uh, little tight in here. Got a little tight in the in the space that we were in. Um, so, but uh, like I said, we'll we'll uh, we'll bust it out when we need to. But for for the foreseeable future, we're just gonna we're just gonna go audio only, and and uh, you know you're not here for our faces anyway. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm pretty, but uh, you can go back and see archival footage and. And, and get your get your jollies that way. I probably shouldn't have said that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> at least we're not live. Well, at least we're not live. Let's go ahead and uh, and let's t- let's talk about what's happening at Unknown Comics this week. Well, um, as you can tell, it's just me and Tanner uh, in the uh, in the booth this week. Um, Chris and Darren are in Charlotte, North Carolina, at Heroes Con. Um, and, uh, they will be there through Sunday. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday. They'll be there from Friday, uh, June 16th to Sunday, June 18th. Um, so if you are near the Charlotte, North Carolina area, you can go check us out there. Um, we have a couple of guest artists with us, uh, this time around, um, David Nakayama will be at our booth as will Miko Sawayan, mm-hmm. um, Friends of friends of the store done have done many many exclusives between the two of them for yeah. us, many many many. Um, Anna Jo was going to join us at Heroes Con, but at the time of this recording, um, it it appears she posted on social media that uh, that unfortunately she had had a, a car accident and uh, was not going to be able to attend. Which yesterday she had she had stated that she was getting ready. So I I really hope uh, I'm, I'm I'm putting stuff together. I haven't reached out to Chris to to find out what happened or Darren. Um, or her specifically, um, and uh, we we wish her the best. Hope she's hope she's well. I hope she, she didn't get hurt. And and uh, and and I know I know it has to be a pretty big deal if she's she's going to skip out on it because she definitely uh, you know she is she is all about going to cons and mm-hmm. and face to face. So um, so we 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 pray the best for her um, and uh, and hope whatever whatever has transpired is uh, is not not super major so anyway uh so definitely if you're in in the charlotte area check us out heroes con in charlotte north carolina uh on the website uh unknowncomicbooks.com uh we have uh, a couple of uh, uh deals going on right now we have our mystery theme starter sets so these starter sets uh we have quite a few of them there's uh 
I believe there is, let me get this pulled up. There's like 12 different theme starter sets. So these starter sets are mystery bundles uh, of Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Man starter set, Venom, uh, X-Men, Thor. Um, there's a couple of, there's a couple of different Spider-Man, X-Men. Oh, oh, I see what it is. Sorry. There are, there are different themes, but then there are also different, uh, contents. There are some that are, uh, uh it's, it, there's, there's a lot of information on there. There, there's different price ranges. Um, and it's based on what books are in there. Trade, trade dresses, virgins, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, there's trade dress, virgin and trade and virgin minimal. So there's 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 three different tiers. There's virgin minimal, there's trade and virgin minimal, and then there's trade only. And so they kind of step down. So like the trade only bundles, uh, you get uh, many books. It is do 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 estimated one hundred twenty to two hundred comics. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's a lot of books. Um. Based on the bundle for four hundred, that's the trade dress. The trade and virgin minimal together is five twenty five, and then the big virgin minimal sets are seven hundred dollars. Um, so anywhere from one hundred and twenty to two hundred comics. I'm assuming it's based on you know the value of what they are. So yeah. there's that. So lots of mystery bundles there. Uh, we also have um, going on. We're gearing up for Hellfire Gala 2023, um, and to do so, we are uh, offering a couple of event bundles uh, to kind of get you caught up. So if you haven't purchased any of David Nakayama's Hellfire Gala magazine covers, um, we are offering bundles of, of those. So we have, excuse me, we have the uh, 21 pack, which is all of 2021 and 2022, uh, which is 21 books, because mm-hmm. um, we did trying to remember and there's there's some extras there's some that aren't the actual magazine covers as well and i i think i'm trying to think if it's all the magazine covers i'm looking right now because we did six one year yeah we did it is all of them. it's all the magazine covers that david did and then then some extras that were themed with hellfire gala 21 books in total trade is 120 virgin is 300 uh trade and virgin together is 350 so that's your that's your that's your best deal and that gets you all 42 of them uh, trade and virgin that gets you all the way caught up uh, because the uh, hellfire gala books are going on sale now we've already released the emma frost uh, 2023 uh, book uh, cover it's on the website now so you can go ahead and get started and have all of the hellfire gala because this may be the last year for the hellfire gala story-wise i didn't realize that yeah Is it- it's 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 going bad on krakoa Okay. So, getting... so the Krakoan era may come to an end. So the Hellfire Gala as we know it, who knows what 2024 looks like. So, which is sad because we've, we've liked it as a cover event. They got to get the, uh, you know how they are with getting their franchise in line with the movies and we're getting close yeah. to X-Men being on the big screen. Well, but it's like Darren and I have always talked about that the Krakoa, that era would be an easy jumping on point for the MCU. It would make sense. You could kind of have them off on their own. It would, but it's not the school. It's not the school. It's not the traditional place. And and but you know what? Sometimes the, Kevin Feige likes to start stuff 
kind of in the middle of the story kind yeah. of a thing like Spider-Man. Yeah. So, um, and kind of just do their own thing. So there, there's no telling. Um, and then finally, the last bundle we have right now, um, we have our amazing Spider-Man bundle. So, um, since the, the, the new volume of Spider-Man launched in 22, 2022, when Spider-Man one came out, 21 in the current, in the current volume, we have done an exclusive for every, uh, issue up to, well, right now, 29, we just launched this week. Um, so we have, uh, we have two bundles. We have a trade bundle and a Virgin bundle for issues one to 24 altogether. The trade is 125 and the Virgin is 300. Um, those are available on the website right now. So those are all the bundles that we have. Uh, that's, that's what's going on here. Um, we've got some, got some good exclusives coming out this next week. I believe we have a, a X 23 deadly Regenesis. Uh, that Tyler Kirkham has done, which we haven't had a Tyler book in quite a while. I'm trying to think what the other exclusive I saw. We have a foil coming of a book that it's the, uh, oh, dang it, I can't remember. I just pulled up my phone. Anyway, all that to say, if you want to see what exclusives are coming out, uh, there is the This Week at Unknown uh, videos that you can catch on YouTube uh, where I recap uh, all the videos that we, all the books that we've launched the previous week and all the books that are uh, going to be launching the next week that is on our YouTube channel. Search for Unknown Comics on YouTube. And that's what's happening at Unknown. So now let's get into what we're into. Tanner. What you've been what you've been doing geeky this week? Uh, we had a new episode of Reapers Creature Creepers drop this week. Nice to talk about mermaids. Um, you can find that anywhere your audio podcast service of choice. I, I like I I listen to a podcast where they they put this tagline out wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. I like, I like that. that. I like yeah. it a lot. Um, this weekend I have another D and D session coming up, so I've been prepping for that. Nice, and um, I've got some. I can say this now that we're not live because they're probably not like no one's going to listen to it before the session's sure, over. Sure. So I, uh, I won't even post this till Friday anyway. Yeah. So we're going to this um, library that is like the, it, it's a combination library temple of the God of light and order. Okay. So they're, they're going there. They have this manuscript. They're trying to do, to, find what's causing all these dark things to happen in the area. And this is written in a language that none of them can decipher. So they're going to the library. Okay. Um, when they get there, I mean, of course they'll do all the stuff to figure out the, the text and all that, but sure. they'll get to a part where uh, there's going to be some treasure chests and an inscription on the floor that says, if you're worthy of the light, the treasure's free to take basically. Okay. So I've got a pretty good mix of alignments in my party. Good. Yeah. Um, how, how how big is your party? It's big. I couldn't say no to people, so I have <laughs> I have seven players. Holy crap! And this is your first time DMing. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. The nuts on you, man. <laughs> so, um, basically, since it's the temple of the god of light, only the good alignment are going to be able to open the chest. Ah. Anyone else that touches the chest, it's going to turn into a mimic. That is hilarious. <laughs> so you're just waiting to see who who actually ponies up and decides to open it. Uh huh. And I've you, got I've got a crime lord that he just wants to steal and loot everything. He's probably going to be the first to go for it. Yeah. 
Of well, it's kind of what you want, though, yeah, right? Yeah, it should be So fine. now, now, if it turns into a mimic, is it? Is the treasure just gone? You know, I haven't decided yet. Okay. It depends on how nice they are to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're going to have to face down those. And then I've also uh, found a uh, what I considered a pretty cool library-themed monsters i'm just gonna have intellect devourers kind of running around oh, nice. the library nice so you could do, you could probably do some crazy things with mimics period in a library too like they, they're not necessarily treasure chests or whatever they could be anything anything they could be books you know so um there's there's another guy at work with me that he's a player in several groups okay and we spitball just ridiculous ideas off of each other all the time and um you know, so a mimic could be anything. Yeah. And we're like, what if we took him to a town and everything in the town's a mimic? They just start touching. Because when you touch it is when it transforms. Right. So uh, just they'd start bumping into stuff and it tries to eat them. It'd be a lot of fun. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's just this abandoned town in the middle of nowhere that like, why would a town be here? Uh-huh. And then, yeah, that would be hilarious until they touch the house and the house becomes a mimic. Yes. Yeah. Guess Which what? I... We were looking at terrain for um, our Age of Fantasy campaign, and I remember stumbling on somebody that actually had a resin house. I've seen, but it. then it was also like the mimic version. The of mimic the version of the house. Um, that's a printable scenery. Yeah. File. Yeah, that was that was cool. Um. Yeah. So I've been working on that. I've been I printed all the monsters for this this go around, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um. And then I've been working real hard about printing elves and stuff for our Age of Fantasy. Nice. You got all your dungeon terrain and everything. Yeah. All your walls and everything. Yep. Nice. Well, you been watching anything? Do you watch TV anymore? I watch reruns. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm wanting to watch, I'm still waiting for. So we've got Futurama coming up, I think, next month. New episodes of Futurama. Really? Uh-huh. What's it going to? Is it going Hulu. to Hulu, really? Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh I didn't even know that. We have the Righteous Gemstones on HBO starts up. I never watched week. that. That's what that's what that Danny What's His Bucket uh-huh, and, and John Goodman and everybody. Yep, uh, it's really funny. They're televangelists. And then the weekend after that is what we do in the shadows. Is it really? Yep. Twenty four. Oh, Twenty something now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's on my list. Uh, I watch that by myself. My wife doesn't watch that. So <laughs> that's one for just me. Um, awesome. Well, let's see. What did I do this week? I went, we went, Olivia and I went and saw Across the Spider-Verse and I really liked it. Um, I will say, I don't, because I didn't watch Into the Spider-Verse in the theater. I, I didn't watch that till yeah, we didn't either. It came we watched in home it on release. Netflix. Uh, it was a little hard for me to watch on a big screen. Um, I've never really had a lot of issues with like motion sickness oh, yeah. or, or anything like that. But I think just because of the way frame rate is you know because they've got that very stylized frame rate yeah and all the the you know the color flashing especially like i don't think it's a spoiler because i think you see him in the trailer but spider punk's in it yeah and he's got this effect about him that like things just kind of do the, this little warpy thing all the time i it was hard for me to watch at some points <laughs> like i and i did and i didn't i didn't end up, i didn't end up getting queasy or anything it's just like it's like i was overstimulated yeah I can see that. Um, And so it was really hard for me to like follow the action and stuff. Man, I I generally knew what was going on. Um, Very good. Um, 
uh, I it's not going to spoil a whole lot because you kind of Ben Riley's in it because I know okay. I know Ben Riley's one of your favorite characters. Yeah. Uh, and uh, do you know who's voicing him? Huh? Andy Samberg. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So um, well, you know, in the first one, Hobo Pete was I don't know the actor's name, but it's Nick Miller from New Girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're all uh not everybody's back. Um Gwen's back, of course, and Miles. Uh Hobo Pete. Those are of the 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 spiders that you meet in the first one, uh, those are the ones that you actually have, you know, dialogue and that you you see. Um, but uh uh yeah, it was it was good. I'm definitely teeing up beyond the spider verse, the third <laughs> movie. Um, you know, they're pretty much I'm it wouldn't surprise me if much like other trilogies that have come out, you know, the first movie is, are people going to like this? We're going to kind of put a bow on it a little bit just in case, but we're, we really want it to move into a trilogy. And then, you know, by, by the episode two cliffhanger, because the third movie is definitely happening. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of how it, you know, it, it, it literally is just stopping to go and, you know, Pausing to go into the third movie. Um, and it even talks, you know, to be continued, you yeah. know, it, it is, it, it ends that way. So, uh, we enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So television wise, um, it's been a while since we had a podcast. So I've caught up on a bunch of stuff. Ted Lasso, the, the season three finale is done. And as far as we know, Ted Lasso is done as a series there is a chance that it may get spun off into other series mm-hmm. with other characters but jason sudeika said uh ted lasso's story is is done um even if you're not a sports fan it is such a good freaking show it is it's hilarious it has heart it is just i highly recommend it to to anybody except children it's got some language <laughs> um and some suggestive stuff, but, uh, it's just like, even if you're not a fan of soccer, even if you're not a fan of sports, I think it, it is, there are just, it is, it is one of the most heartfelt shows that I've watched in, in a very long time. So I highly re- recommend it. If you have Apple TV plus, uh, go, go watch Ted Lasso. Um, let's see. I have not started strange new worlds yet. I, I meant to get, it's once I finished Picard, I meant to start on it. So that way I'd be caught up by the time season two started, which it started this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to kind of push that off for now. Uh, Cause now that what, what we do in the shadows is coming. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, and then my wife's been doing a rewatch on criminal minds and I don't intend to ever watch it. But what happens is, is she starts watching it and then I just kind of come in the room and I just start <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just kind of fixate on, it. and before you know it, I'm watching it. Uh, and I told her because I've also I, I I finally finished Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, hundred um, percent because that's how I do. <laughs> I have to find everything. Um, and I wasn't going to do that when I first started playing it. I just wanted to get the story done so I can move into Jedi Survivor. Um, and uh, but I didn't. I I went up and just found all the things. Um, really good story. I was I was very surprised at, at how well it was voice acted, mm-hmm. um, and and just the actual story itself. Uh, it was really good. Um, it's been out for a while, so I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, you you see you 
face Darth Vader at the very end. Right. Okay. Um, and you don't really fight him, fight him like you do the other bosses, uh, cause it's in Darth Vader. Um, you're not going to win and you can't kill him because he's Darth Vader. Right. You know, he's, he's a, he's a canon character. Uh, they do a really good job of you being freaking scared of him though. Like it is, um, did you ever play, did you ever play Resident Evil 2? Bits and pieces. It kind of felt like when Nemesis would find you. Okay. Or Mr. X or whatever it was, you know, that he wasn't really stalking you that way, but like, it's one of those things that, you know, he'd pop up and you'd be like, ah, and run, you know, because that's all you can do is try to like not get killed by him. Yeah. Um, And it, and it kind of has this climactic, you're running from Vader kind of end scene or whatever. Um, And, uh, but it, they, Lucas, Lucasfilm has done a really good job since Rogue One of, since Rebels and Rogue One of making Darth Vader be scary again. Mm-hmm. You know, because for the longest time he wasn't anymore. Right. You know, like, I think he was intimidating in A New Hope because he was brand new. And then he kind of lost it. You know, you see him, his kind of redemption arc. And then he kind of becomes just this popular character. And it wasn't until, you know, my daughter argues with me. She says in Rebels, he was scary. It didn't really hit for me until Rogue One. That that end scene was terrifying. Yeah, that he is just, he's just, he he's evil. Um, and he's scary. Um, there, and like that one scene in Obi-Wan. Did you watch the Obi-Wan series no. last year? No, I haven't watched Obi-Wan. It's not my favorite. It's still good. Like yeah. it got a lot of crap, but I thought it was still good. Um, you know, there's there's scenes with him in it that he's he's proper, yeah, you yeah. know, um, you know, horror movie level. So uh, it did a good job of doing that. Anyway, I'd be wanting to I'd be wanting to try to finish playing Fallen Order, but I would get sucked into watching Criminal Minds, which this show <laughs> I I've, I've probably watched every episode already. You know, over the years yeah. of Crystal catching reruns or whatever, but now she's wanting to kind of binge watch through it. I told her I was like, "You're only allowed to watch Criminal Minds when I'm like occupied doing something. <laughs> like if I'm done, you have to turn it off." And she's like, "No," and we argued, and I probably lost. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much. So I I actually finally purchased Spider Man uh, today. And so I'm probably going to start playing that. I'm not, I was going to go straight into Jedi survivor. Um, once I got done with fallen order, but I hear the PC version is still having some technical oh, issues. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to wait a little bit longer for them to kind of get all that done. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus I've been wanting to, to play the Spider-Man game for a long time anyway. And it's, it's like a palette refresher. Yeah. Plus it really like, it really shows off my new hardware. Um, yeah, because that game is so freaking beautiful and uses like all the new tech and stuff, and I I just really want to see it. Um, it is, uh, and plus it's been a while since I've played a Spider-Man game. The last Spider-Man game I had played was Spider-Man Two for PS Two for, for Xbox. Okay, yeah, for the that original Xbox. Game. It plays a lot like that game. Yeah, I think. yeah, where you just you're swinging all over New York and stuff. Only this is a much prettier New York. Yeah. Um, I I did notice. Uh, you know, because I, I was there in October, um, you know, cause I'm swinging through Midtown and I was like, Oh, it's Madison square garden, you know? And it looks uh-huh. for the most part. Right. Um, and, uh, 
and you know you can see the Empire State Building and everything. But like the Javits Center, where where New York Comic Con was, isn't actually in the game. It's like just random buildings and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. it's not like map accurate. Well, no, because the Avenger Tower is in the game also. That's true, and Oscorp, and all. I mean, it has to have its own mm-hmm. you know bent to it. But like other like landmarks and stuff that are in New York, I mean. That's a recent landmark, right? They they actually probably dozed a bunch of buildings to make that thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought it was funny. Uh, so getting started on that, um, I'm playing on like super easy mode because uh, I don't. That's how I usually play games. I just want to get through the story. Yeah. Or just I just want to swing around and you know dope around. I the 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 swinging in the game is it's different. There's a lot to it, you know, and and doing all the like the whip pulls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So anyway, having fun with it. So, good stuff. All right. So, we're going to we're going to we're going to move into tabletop gaming for our main topic tonight uh because this well over the past couple of weeks, uh Warhammer 40K 10th edition has come out. Mm. Well, we're in the middle of pre-order. We're in the well, so I the thing is the the edition has come out. They've released PDFs, right? Yeah. So, we are in the midst of 10th edition. It's released. So, Core rules are out. The in- indexes or indices, they're both correct, um, are out. Um, we have not got any physical uh, copies of the rule book or, or the Leviathan box set. So uh, we're just going to kind of talk about uh, the, the 10th edition launch. Um, and, uh, and I think we're going we're gonna to go ahead and start by talking about the Leviathan box set. Now, it's important to know that I noticed that I said box set. This is not a starter set. No, I don't think they've done a, a true starter set since 8th edition. Yeah. Um, now, what will be starter sets are going to be these combat patrols yeah. once once they drop. Um, and that's what they're kind of gearing to be your entry point into. I do like the combat patrol better than the old start collecting boxes. Yeah. Because there's at least a... There's allegedly balanced to each other. So it's Correct. like it's like when... Uh, when War Machine was the main game to be played in town, you could just pick up a battle box and play it against another battle box. Yeah. You couldn't do that with the start collecting boxes. Sure. You know, the the it was more about um getting rid of sprues that weren't popular on their own. Yeah. For yeah. It was off it was clearing clearing stuff out. Which they have said that in the combat patrol boxes, the data cards for certain units may be different than what they actually are in the core in the actual proper rules. So to, to achieve that balance between combat patrol, certain units may get tweaked Mm -hmm. just in combat patrol, but that these data cards are only supposed to be used when playing another combat patrol. Right. Right. Um, And of course these combat patrols are going to be very heavily themed. They are not modular. You don't build a combat patrol. Like there are No. no rules to build a combat. You basically grab a box, put it together, that's what you play and you play them against other combat patrols. I think it's great for an entry point, right? Because mm-hmm. then you can take all those models, move them into normal 40 K. You know, you're not meant to be playing combat patrol forever. No. Right. Um, that eventually you're going to move into. And then I don't know where boarding patrols kind of fit and all that. I don't know if they're going to follow the same kind of setup. I know there's small model count like combat yeah, patrol. Boarding patrol is, you almost got to think of it as its own side game. Yeah. It's like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they stop producing kill team for board, boarding, boarding control. control because it's it's the same sort of 
feel without having a completely separate set of rules. Yeah. You're still using core 40k rules, but it's the same model count you're playing in the more but, corridor type. But yeah, as I was gonna say, boarding control is more like zone mortalis where you're playing inside narrow corridors and stuff yeah. like that. Whereas kill team, you're, you're still not playing in corridors. You're still playing on a open, open map. Yeah. Um, but, uh, which I mean, let's be honest from what it, having not played the new edition of kill team, the like the kill team list from what I've told, like they pretty much have one build. Yes. Like, and that's, that's the thing I've always felt about kill team is why am I going to learn these rules for these models that I already have for a different game that already has its own rules? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's so far different than normal 40 K that, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what, you know, they're just, they're just going to kind of move everything to combat patrol. And then once you're done with that, you're you're into the main game. Yeah. Um so the Leviathan box set is uh what's it retail for? Uh US I think it's 250. 250. Um and it's pretty good size Space Marine and Tyranid armies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean there's no points yet so we don't know how many points these really are. Yeah, uh but it's, it's a lot of miniatures. It's 50 miniatures around. I think it's 25 per side. The, something like that. Something like that. Um and that's really what they are. It's it's they're just they're there are it's a double army box. And that's what they did with ninth um with Death Guard when it was it was the Indominus box that's and right. it was um it was Space Marines and Necrons. That's when Necrons got their range right. refreshed. That's right. And it was this eighth edition was Death Guard. Yes, and so that, that eighth edition was the Dark Imperium box, and that was the last like starter two player box we yeah. had. Uh now it's all about it, it it's they're I guess more exclusive because it's a limited release. Where yeah. I mean, Dark Imperium, you could have bought Dark Imperium throughout the entirety of Eighth Edition. Yeah, it was constantly being restocked mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, so uh, we the the box set release went for pre order Saturday the tenth tenth was yes yeah Saturday the tenth. And uh, the web store is already out of stock. Um, they are now pushing people to uh, friendly local game stores, which is great. Awesome that, that they're pushing people to friendly local game stores. They except don't have any either. Except that not every friendly local game store actually got uh, a lot. Uh, we actually got allocated three boxes, um, which was uh, not a lot because we have way more players than that that wanted them. Um, and so they were telling us to push people to the web store. Well, now the web store's sold out, so they're pushing people to the FLGS where we don't have any. The same stuff happened in Ninth. It happens every time there's yeah. a 40K release. It doesn't so much happen with Sigmar because not as many people care. Yeah. Um, but any And also, there's a lot of scalpers with 40K. People yeah. are buying boxes and putting them on eBay before. Especially the since they're out. limited edition like this uh-huh. and they're not going to be restocked and I mean, it, it's a big problem. Um the like really fancy leather bound books yeah. that you can get of like horse heresy. Yeah. They sell out in minutes and then you can find them on eBay for about a 300% markup. Yeesh. Um, but yeah, so it would not surprise me if in about a month they said, say we're putting it up again for made to order. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that that's what they did with ninth. Yeah. So, I mean, it, if you want a box, you're going to be able to get a box at if, some point. If you want an Indominus box, we have them in the comics. They're still sitting in the back. Yeah. We're still sitting in Indominus boxes. So, uh, yeah. I, eventually, I don't know. And, and they could be holding on to stock 
to keep it off the web store well, for a little bit. There's no telling. You know, wait a few months and you're going to get the multi-part kits for these anyway. Yeah. Because these are all going to be snap fit, one pose, one loadout. Yeah. Especially for like Terminators, you probably are going to want a cooler loadout than a combi bolter and a power fist. Yeah. Yeah. Under Hammer Storm Shield. Come on. Let's go. So, yeah, wait a few months. You'll get the multi-part kit for that. So so with all this, uh, so two weeks ago, two weeks ago tomorrow, um, at the time of this recording, we got the Core Rules PDF. Um, and uh, it's a pretty substantial PDF. Uh, the Core Rules clock in at 60 pages long. Um, so that is, you know, introduction, the core concepts, how the, you know, how the battle round works. Um, how data sheets work, all your stratagems, strategic reserves, uh, how terrain works, how you actually put your army together, um, which there are army rules. As of right now, there is no army balancing mechanic. Um, so so the indexes that have, have come out, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, have no have no kind of, there's no, not having points is is one thing that that's not uncommon match play where where they actually have balancing points for for match play that that generally has come later it came it came later for sigmar came later for eighth edition ninth edition all of that uh but they still had like well actually sigmar didn't initially the very first edition there was the, no point the, that was like the gimmick of you it you did you you counted wounds you didn't you weren't supposed to do that it was like i'm going to pick some models you're going to pick some models and we're going to play yeah the wounds thing was a a house rule yeah um and that's kind of where they have everybody right now there's no power system to, uh, yeah they completely did away with power levels it's going to be only points now yeah um or just play what you want yeah. you know, kind of a thing um so uh uh and then there are missions at the end which um i was kind of surprised there was I think there were more missions in there than I thought there were going to typically, typically it's only like the basic pitch battle that's ever in the core rules. And then all the additional missions kind of make it in the, in the big rule book. But, uh, there are, Oh no, never mind. I lied. There's only, there's only two missions. There's only one mission, the only war. So never mind. I lied. Um, but other than that, the entire rule set is free, which duh is how it should be. Glad they're finally catching on to right? what everyone else is doing. Because um, because eighth edition and ninth edition they had like your your core core rules, but then yeah, there was were like a one page sheet of yeah. the base base mechanics. But then all your your advanced rules and stuff were kind of tacked on in the, in the big rule book. Uh, not this time. They they went ahead and did the the full core rules. Now, like I said, missions and stuff, mission variety. Also, in eighth and ninth, a lot of the most of your advanced rules were in your codex anyway. Yeah. But like missions and stuff, those were, well, the missions were kind of safe for like campaign books and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, or, so the core will or the, chapter approved. The core book will have at least six missions because you roll on a d6 to choose which one. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, there will be the paid core. Yes, the book. paid core rule book. Um, and then of course the chapter approved will have its own set of missions, and that's what the tournaments for that year will run off of. Yeah. And then at some point they will do a narrative campaign that will have missions in it. Yeah, so they used to, so with 8th and ninth, they always had three tiers. They had, um, they pretty much had your narrative play tier, your match play tier, and then whatever they called their casual play tier. I can't remember what that was called, uh, where it was just their kitchen table tier. Yeah. Um, the, that kitchen table tier seems to 
kind of just not really exists. It's kind of gone away. Open play, I think, is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, open play is what it's called. I think that's pretty well gone away that you just basically you kind of make the rules for your own open play um, is what it seems like. The people that play casually, they play the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you played Crusade a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, me and Stetson have played a decent amount of Crusade. What did you think of, of Ninth Edition's Crusade? I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a lot like our um, uh, Age, of Age of Fantasy campaign. Yeah. Your units get experience. They can, uh, you can get boons. You can get uh, hindrances. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, and they have talked that like Crusade is coming back for tenth ed, right? Have they said that? The only, th- the only thing I know for sure that is coming is the um, boarding actions. That's okay. the only ninth edition thing that I know for a fact is going to be okay. tenth. But as far as narrative play, they haven't really elaborated on. I I don't on, know on, on what's happening with it. Um, I hope so. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, which, like I said, more ways to play the game is always better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just more value out of your purchase, right? Um, so going through here, Tanner, because I've, I've skimmed the rules. And, of course, I've only ever skimmed the rules. I have not played Warhammer 40K since 2nd edition. Okay? We're on 10th. I'm 8th. I'm 8th edition. <laughs> However, I have stocked it remotely right i've always kind of had a pulse on what's going on with it because it's always very interesting um but i just (laughs) i never wanted enough to pull the trigger to actually start playing again because uh it's just a it's a life commitment Um, (laughs) yeah so what summarize what the biggest changes from ninth to tenth are i've mostly only skimmed also yeah the biggest ones that i've for sure scene is characters going back into units. Yeah. Like, uh, I believe seventh was the last edition that it was like that. Uh, and I don't think it's every character either. I think some can still be on their own. Others you attach to units. Right. So I, I looked at the Harlequin index today. So like the troop master can join, can join a troop. Okay. So it was very specific as to what unit they could actually go into as yeah. well. Um, couldn't just join any, which I mean, Harlequins don't have many different units anyway. And then don't quote me on this, but I think some of the um, the different phases of the turn have been reworked. Yeah, so so the phases are now command phase, movement phase, shooting phase, charge phase, fight phase. So basically, they got rid of the psychic phase. It's now it's now going to be looped into whatever phase that particular power is associated with. I believe. So it can it can it can happen in any phase, but it's power specific. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe if if it's not that, then it's part of the command phase, like it is in Sigmar. Um. um and Battle shock is now not its own phase; it's, it's part, part of the part command of, phase. Um. I know that's because it came at the end. Yeah, of, it was its own phase at the very end of the right. turn. Uh. Let's see here. Let's let's look up when psychic happens. Yeah, not a lot about psychic abilities in here, so I'm assuming that stuff's going to show up in codices and and on data cards. Don't quote me, but I think it's associated with the power. So if it's like a if it's a smite would be kind of a ranged attack. I think that would happen during a shooting phase. Whereas if it's like a buff or you would do it in the command phase. Gotcha. That, which makes sense. I mean, I, is this the first time that Psychic, Psychic hasn't had its own phase? Uh, since I've played, it is. Yeah, which you start playing I started what, six? Seven. Seven. Um, 
So one big thing that, of course, I've noticed is one, the unit profile has changed considerably mm-hmm. uh, because everything has now moved to da- data sheets. So if you're if you're if you're familiar with Sigmar at all, um, 40k is, is battle scrolls. <laughs> is, yeah, the data sheets are battle scrolls. Um, the advantage to this is is what they've done is they've pulled a lot of stats that were on the unit profile. And now there are separate weapon profiles. Um, and so so movement, toughness, save wounds, leadership um, are, are still part of the unit profile. They've added another unit profile that is objective control, which, which is... That'll be that'll be a, a good thing. Yes. So now they can actually, you know, because uh, if you ever hear like game designers, they talk about knobs, right? Knobs that they can tweak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the more the more knobs you can tweak, the better because you can kind of change balance. You can make you can make different aspects of the game feel differently. Um, objective control was one of those that it didn't work very well. It it had since it was never an actual stat on a unit. Like they had to be these 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 broad kind of rules that right. stretch across. And it. it <laughs> In the games I played, it didn't come up very often. It was usually someone obviously controlled it or not. But when you're playing an army like knights, and the whole where army you may has, have three models on the table, uh-huh, and the the rule stated whoever had the most models on the 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 objective controlled it. Well, yeah. that knight's a lot more powerful than you know a bunch of uh, grots, right. but you can put a lot more grots on the table. Yeah, and and and. And to wit, you know, you could have, you know, like a like a tactical squad. What are they? Intercessors. Yeah. Just call them tech marines. I swear. Um, which I know. I noticed they the the space marine indexes still had primaris intercessor squad and had tactical squad still. Yeah, because they are diff- they're different physical models. Yes. So that they are different in that sense. But I believe in the keywords, they, the primaris keyword is no longer a thing. Right. Um, so, uh, so to that, you know, so you have your, your, your tactical squad or whatever, and they're all, you know, objective control one. But, you know, you may have a unit that is maybe the same base size as a marine, mm-hmm. you know, a space marine, but they're, they're not meant to hold objectives, right? They're, maybe they're, a beast of some sort. They're stupid or whatever. Yeah. You can just make them OC zero. And now they are literally their purpose on the battlefield is not objective control. Like they could only control it if they were the only thing on it. Right. Kind of, deal. Kind of a thing. Um, so, so like I said, that that's always good to have, like I said, those, those extra knobs to tweak. So attacks, weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength, armor penetration, damage, all of that has now moved into weapons profiles, which do still show up on the data sheet with the unit profile. Uh, the main difference is, is now it is on a per weapon basis. Um, and what they can do more knobs, they can tweak is, you know, a, and a LAS gun on an, you know, Imperial guardsman can actually have a different weapon profile than a LAS gun on an orc. Right. You know, um, they can tweak those separately. It's not like an across the board that all LAS guns do have this strength, have this damage, right. have this AP. And it know? also takes away some of the looking back and forth between the different charts uh, when you have weapons like a um, like Thunder Hammer, Hammers, that uh, it was a minus one to your hit. Yeah. Well, that's if that's built into the weapon now. Right, yeah, because now you can have you can have different weapons that 
your weapon skill is different based on what weapon you take. So now there's that knob that they can tweak. You know, they can make the the choice between, well, he's going to hit easier if he carries this sword, or he maybe he hits harder if he takes and this one. I think anytime you can build a um, a dice goal into a stat, yeah, as opposed to using a modifier. Is, is better. Oh, yeah. It, the less modifiers you have to deal with, the better. Yeah, it simplifies the lookup. I mean, Tanner, you never played 2nd Edition. You never played... And I don't know if 7th Edition had this. There was a table you had to look at when you had... When you did an attack, that was your, you know, you looked at the strength of the weapon, you looked oh, at the yeah. toughness of the unit, and you had to look at the matrix to see where they crossed, and that was your, your two-hit roll. Um, that was normal for us back in 1990, whatever that was. Um, Games can't do that now, you know, like Battletech can get away with it right now because it's kind of having a resurgence, but that's like, there's like a nostalgia built to that. Yeah. And that's unique to that game um, that other games just, you just can't get away with it. Right. And and I think that kind of really started, I think War Machine kind of started that, that, you know, having stuff on a card in front of you, mm-hmm. not a lot of look up, you know, flipping through the book, um, you know makes your game more enticing, right? Having having super deep, complicated rules might have worked for a, a subset of miniatures gamers, but I think the... As it gains mainstream popularity, that's not You can't fly. do that, yeah. Um, it, it just becomes... And and plus, you know, less look up, faster games go, mm-hmm. more games you can play, right? right? Um, in, your, in your limited uh, abilities. Um, so with that, um, a lot of stratagems and, and stuff are now on the data sheet with uh, the unit, which we're not seeing a lot of that yet. We do have the generic stratagems that kind of came in, which it actually came with three, 11 in, the, in, the, in this core book um, that are available to anybody um and they kind of grouped them as to when they can happen either player yeah. your turn opponent's turn um and more stratagems to come when codexes release i did notice some of the free indexes had a couple stratagems in them attached to the unit which that's what they said that they would no, no like the the indexes have a basic oh that's army right rule that's right and um like you you have your basic Battalion, I forget what yeah. it's called. So, so looking at Eldari right now, the battle host, they have six of their own, um, which don't fit on one page. <laughs> yeah, I was real surprised by that. When they did the indexes at the start of eighth, it was just the data sheets. That was it. Yeah. Um, so now they have they have their army rules. They have their detachment rules, um, which of course these indexes have only one detachment in them anyway. Right. Uh, it looks like. Uh, then there, so Eldari actually had enhancements. Um, so I don't know if that was that unique to Eldari, or did other other indexes have these enhancements? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I only looked at the Death Guard one. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, they Death Guard have enhancements. Okay. So, so those are things that you can kind of add layer on top. Um, other than that, just to, just to talk about the indexes, they're, they're okay. Kind of bland. Um, so for me personally, the, the kind of the one army that I've kind of stocked, uh, that if I was going to get back into playing, 
Um, cause I used to play dark angels back in the day. Um, but, uh, really in recent years, Harlequin Eldari Harlequins have, well, now they're Eldari Har- Harlequins cause they're back in the main codex again. Yeah. They started the main codex. They broke off, became their own army. Now they're back in the main codex again. Um, but then there's a special rule to where they can also go into a Drakari army. Okay. Even though they're Eldari, they can go into a, a Drakari army, a dark, dark Eldar. Um, I gotta stop saying Eldari. They're just freaking Eldar. <laughs> uh, they're just like, like all of what make Harlequins unique is just gone. Like there is no, they have no movement rule whatsoever. Like, so, the big thing with with Harlequins is they had their flip belts, right? So they could they could retreat and they could mm-hmm. they could fall back and attack the same turn. You yeah, know? they're not getting any of that special stuff until their book comes out. Yeah, and which is, I mean, I get it. You do they want gotta, they got to sell those books. They got to sell the codexes. I get it, but that's a very core part of what Harlequins are is their mobility, and they have none of it. So it's like, so they're just going to be kind of these kind of blah troops that are going to kind of sit in uh, Eldari armies is just... Well, like, Death Guard, they don't have disgustingly resilient. There's no special Nurgle save or anything yet. So, like, I guess, and I guess what it is, is they, they can't go through all the armies and kind of extract their specialness yet for this new rule set, right? Because it, it takes so much balance, and I get it. Um, I'm sure all those rules are ready. From what I understand... Like they're prepping stuff for release two years in advance. Yeah. So I'm sure they're all ready. They just, if they give you them free in the index, you're not going to buy a codex. Yeah. It just, it makes me wonder because, uh, where's their actual, where's their codex roadmap? Uh, let's see here. 10th edition codex roadmap. Let's see what their, their release schedule looks like here. You do. Hey, Reddit's back. Uh, okay, so summer 2023. Here's what we're getting. We're getting Leviathan, mm-hmm. Core Book, the Tyrannic War Crusade. So there, so we do know Crusade's part of it. Uh, the chapter-approved mission deck. Okay. Um, so maybe chapter-approved's not a book anymore. I don't know. And then index cards. Not like go to Staples and buy index cards. Right. But I'm assuming printed version, hard printed versions of these. Great. Okay, this fall we're getting Tyranids and Space Marines Codex. Then in the winter, we're getting Adeptus Mechanicus, Necrons, and then spring of twenty four, Dark Angels. Which I Yeah, just, now they're they're rebranching the Space Marines back into their own code. Because they did the same thing. They got them all into one book with your supplement, and now they're yeah. gonna it's like, why Why didn't you just leave Harlequins in their own book? You're doing it with everybody else. Uh, so Dark Angels, Orcs, uh, Adeptus, Custodes, Tau, and Chaos. No Eldar, no Drakari. Was all that stuff slated for next summer? Next spring. Next spring, spring 24. Um, and that is that is their, that's their next year. Um, so with that, that means up until... Like I said, up until next spring, are there really just going to be pretty much four tournament viable armies? Because you mm-hmm. got to think, none of these index armies are going to hold a candle to a codex army. No, and even even in ninth, when you were using 
eighth edition codex, the the eighth ones didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one thing that really frustrates me about how fast they release their editions. Yeah. World Eaters just came out like they've only been an army for I think four months. And now they're not getting a codex until spring of twenty four. Uh huh. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh yeah, and and you know, we got which Lionel Johnson got his index, but he's gonna get revamped before the, the Dark Angels Codex comes out in spring of twenty four. Uh-huh. Yeah, it that makes no sense. Like I don't so so if you're if you're if you're running a competitive tournament, are you playing ninth edition then? Uh I've seen one that is on the day tenth officially comes out, which is next Friday next Saturday week from and they're just gonna play index armies yeah they're doing it 10th edition rules yeah but like i said the minute codec tyranids codex and space marine codexes drop well that's what you're seeing mm-hmm. you're gonna see those two armies which and the power creep was exceptionally bad in ninth yeah um it was all it was all meta chasers whichever the new book was that was the one that was winning yeah and then a month later once that they were like, oh, it's too powerful. We're going to release an FAQ and nerf it. Yeah. Which was also really fresh. They, everyone would go out and buy these models to meta yeah. chase, and then they'd nerf it a month later. So, I mean, I guess I guess you just, if you're, if, if you're stuck with an index army, play narrative. Narrative's more fun anyway. You know? I mean, don't, don't get lost in, in competitive, which I'm not, I mean, I'm not a competitive gamer anymore either. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be. It seems like the competitive realm is just going to be very bland for a while, mm-hmm. or it's going to be very repetitive. Let's say that. Yeah. Um. You're pretty much you're just going to have, you know, vanilla marines and bugs at pretty much every every tournament until, like I said, until Necrons and Adeptus Mechanicus come in, which. Okay, I probably would have went with. I probably went with. I probably would have swapped like maybe Adeptus Mechanicus with Chaos in the winter. That's another thing that they've done really weird for the past three editions. It's they they put out some really popular armies really late in the edition. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, Custodes. Like that. Those are kind of to me. They're kind of niche. Like, how are you not going to have Eldar? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just biased that Eldar should be more popular. I mean, Eldar dominated second edition. That's of course we didn't have Tau either, so they were the shooty army, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah. Um, will I play it? I'm not. <laughs> I'll play it. I don't know how many games I'll actually get in. Yeah. I was uh, before we started recording. I was telling you. I was planning on getting a Leviathan box, but then I got to thinking, well, I played as many 40K games in the past two years as I've played Age of Fantasy games in the past, like, two months. Yeah. Oh, here, here's, here's some weirdness. Okay, so, like I said, I've, I've kind of I've zeroed in on, on Harlequins right now. Um, so, the Troopmaster. Okay. So, he has two different melee, which one thing they did do, and I don't know if it's going to stay this way, I really hope it doesn't because this is very bland and boring. So I don't know how familiar you were with Harlequins, but there were four different wood elves in space. They are wood elves in space. Um, they're war dancers in space as well. <laughs> uh, 
there are four different melee weapons they could choose from. Okay. Blade, kiss, caress, and embrace. Um, and they all had kind of their, their different things. Well, now there are blades and then Harlequin's special weapon. <laughs> oh, that's like, funny. Okay, I get that you're consolidating. We're not even going to bother to name it. Like, call it Harlequin's Kiss or something, or Harlequin's Embrace or Caress or whatever. Give it one of the names, but Harlequin's Special Weapon. Anyway, that's dumb to start with. Um, but they were always they were always upgrades. Um, the Troopmaster uh, starts with his blade. Mm-hmm. Okay, Troopmaster's blade. So here here's the Troopmaster's blade. Six attacks, a two-up weapon, weapon skill, strength four, AP minus two, damage one. Okay. Okay. Now, one troop master, I believe, let's see here. Uh, this troop this troop master's blade can be replaced by one Harlequin special weapon. Okay, here's a stat line on this Harlequin special weapon that you're going to upgrade to. Attack five, one less attack. Two up weapon skill, same. Four strength, same. Minus one AP, so that's technically less AP. I know we're working a negative damage one. Why the hell would you upgrade to that? <laughs> that is across the board worse than the like. Which there's no points. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't change anything. But why why include it? Like why would you even put that on the data sheet? I don't know. Like if it, it should be for it should be the other way around for one yeah and the only reason I can think of is if you're trying to save points well there's no but here's the thing these cards there is no points yeah so it just says it can be replaced why are like like I understand like naming options and upgrades if up to so many models can get this up to so many models can get this I I get that if you're limited but this is one model that has you can do this. Well, if you can do it, even if it's the better or worse option, why wouldn't it just have that option? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah, there's some kind of, like, you kind of look through these indexes and just wonder I if mean, they just kind of phone some stuff in. I understand the point of upgrades for one model when we get to the point, point that, system. The point yeah. system. Definitely. But, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to be generally worse as an upgrade... That just that was weird, and now it very this very well could be eroded later. I'd yeah. be like, oh, we forgot to, you know, we flipped their APs around. It should have less attacks, but it have more AP. Yeah, that, I mean, that's basically that was like switching your power sword for a generic melee weapon, right? And and that I would understand, but but as it is, um, now I would he does have a four up end bone too, nice, um, and and I don't remember that Harlequins had involves. Previously, I, I never, can't remember. Never played um, against them or anything. So, but they have them now. Whatever. Um, anywho, that's tenth edition. Um, like I said, it is out. Tenth edition exists. Is it really out though until the codexes come out? Yeah, maybe not. Um, you know, because really, you won't really see what tenth edition is until codexes start dropping. At the very least, chapter approved. Yeah. When we get points. Yeah. Which that usually comes within the first year, towards the end of the first year, or did they, have they dropped a chapter approved pretty? They pretty early on? It traditionally comes out in December. Okay, I don't know if they'll change that. Well, like I said, the the roadmap has mission cards. Oh so, yeah. So I don't. 
is, is that replacing chapter approved the book? Uh, you know, who knows? Um, and then maybe the, maybe the match play points just become a free PDF. I mean, that would be nice. They weren't going to do that. They want the points. They want you to use their army builder. Yeah. That is a paid subscription. Oh uh, yeah. That's, that's one thing. Like they've come a long way with the, with these core rules. I'll, I'll give them that. Just make all rules free. And their their army builder is there's free army builders that are better. Your money comes from models. Mm-hmm. Stop printing books. Print lore books. I to. read a bunch of that black library. Yeah. You know, just you already have a publishing that all you do is publish just books, right? People will buy lore books, like, mm-hmm. and the people that care will buy them. The people that don't care will just buy your models and play the game. It's exactly what Infinity, the Corvus Belly did with Infinity. Mm-hmm. All of their rules and their builder are free online. If you want the lore, then then you do buy their rule book, but it, the lore is a separate book in the two of them. But, right. Um, they tell you from the get-go, this core book's going to get outdated. And it actually just happened. Like, they, they released version two of the rule book, and I don't know that they're making another print version. You know? Um, so you're really you're buying that just to have a physical copy in your hand that you're never going to use because it's already outdated, right? Um, and uh, well, especially how fast the codex get outdated. Those are forty dollar books, yeah, and they're good for about a month before they get FAQ'd. Yeah. And and they're going they're they're doing digital codexes again, right? Because they stopped doing digital codexes for a while, didn't they, or something? Uh, so eighth edition because they got they got tired of people pirating them or something. The eighth edition ones were weird. Um, it was literally just a PDF. Yeah. The ninth edition ones, it doesn't work so much like a PDF as it gives you access to the rules in the army builder. Yeah. It's more of a just an access key than anything. Yeah. But how do you like you don't can, get can you get the fluff digital? Not that I'm aware of, because oh, okay. you you can't even download a digital codec. It's a code in the physical one that yeah. you enter in the army builder, and Which, it gives you access to those rules. Again, like just just release it all for free. People are going to find that information out anyway. Like it's going to end mm-hmm. up going on Battlescribe anyhow. All you're doing is you're fighting. Something you don't need to fight. Yeah, which I mean, they fight overly hard for their IPs. Yeah, they do. I mean, they all yeah, all these big companies do, but like, is it worth? Here's the thing: what's the investment cost of having to fight this, right? And well, and and, it, and what are you lo- what are you leaving on the table and losing? Because because you're charging for that. Well, and your your fan base, they're more interested in the the content than the company. Yeah. So if you're out there fighting fan content, you're going to alienate your fan base. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the way I see it. It's, I just, I don't see the point in it anymore. Everybody else has gone to free online rules, free mm-hmm. builders. Um, of course, Belly's done it. Privateer press has done it. Well, Privateer press. No, no, the, the new app, everything's, the new app is the the old app was the app was free and you got some content for free. Yeah, you but had to they, buy the rest of the army. But they were like two bucks an army. Right. It, it was it was nothing. It you was, could buy the entire. You can still buy the entire game's worth of rules for like the price of one codex. Yeah, um, and then they would be digitally updated and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, there's there's just there's no reason like that they 
they shouldn't do that anymore. I would because I would say you know of of big tabletop miniatures games right now, you pretty much have the the two main GW games. Um, War Machine might be having a comeback right now. We don't really know what that's like. Crisis Protocol. Um, Crisis Protocol. Okay. And here's another way that I think would make sense to do it. Pack your pack your unit rules with the freaking model kits. That's what Crisis Protocol does. All your cards and all your rules are with the model. Now, they do have rules in the instruction booklet, but who knows how good they are good for yeah. because they FAQ think so often. And also I think the rules are only for um, you know, most how a lot of model kits can build yeah. two different units. A lot of times the rules are only for the one that's pictured on the cover of the box. Yeah. yeah. I just I don't know. Like Battletech, yeah, you still have to buy the rules. But they have enough getting started sets that you can pretty much get everything you need, you know, off that. But again, that's also Battletech is a, a, another one of those pre nineteen nineties miniature war games that are just they're just antiquated, right? Yeah. And and GW is the same type of company. It's just they're still popular, and so they're kind of you know being drug kicking and screaming into the twenty first century, um, and they're unfortunately they're they're still not really competing with anybody. They are still the you know the hundred pound juggernaut. Mm-hmm. That I, they are. It's honestly, I think that's just because their sculpt their sculpts are exponentially better than most yeah. other companies. Oh yeah, yeah, and their model quality and 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 the quality of their books. And like nobody is questioning like codexes are are fun books to have. You know, mm-hmm. they they look good. Their their graphic design is is well done. You know, color their art like all of that's pluses. But not everybody cares about that. And right, you know. When when most of your profit is in those plastic models, do what you can to get those models to move. Right. Um, and and if you know, and here's the thing is 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 knowing what a mo- knowing what a unit does will inform purchases too, right? You know, if you don't, I mean, I'm sure some people do buy models just because they look cool. Most people are like, oh, well, you know, what units do I want to take? Okay, I need to go buy these models right. for this army. I don't want to sink know. a bunch of money into these this unit that will yeah. do nothing for me. Unless you're just mainly just a hobbyist and you're going to have them anyway. And, you know, anyway. So, all right. Well, 10th edition. Sure. Yeah. Uh, lots, of, lots of pluses. Still some negatives. Um, but I think, I think generally... I mean, again, time will tell, you know, what, what 10th edition is going to shape up like, because I'm, I'm, we had this discussion probably when eighth edition came out, like, Oh, these are all good changes. And eighth edition kind of, you know, they all kind of just run their course. Eighth was my favorite. I didn't really like ninth. Yeah. I missed the, um, the maelstrom of war missions where you like randomly drew cards and that's what you had to accomplish on that turn. Yeah. It was a, for someone who's not playing competitively against players who are a lot better than me, it was a kind of a leveling factor. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see them, you know, of course, you know, we're biased because we've been doing this, this age of fantasy campaign and, and we, we very well could pivot to like grim dark future, which is their, 
their 40k version of it you know and 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 do stuff with that but i'd love to see them do a proper skirmish level game inside of the normal 10th edition rule set right yeah that's not kill team kill teams it is a skirmish game but that that's not that's not warhammer it's not and and it it's set in the Warhammer universe, but it is its own. It's it's almost game. like playing a fantasy flight game, kind with of Warhammer models. Yeah. Um, what I think what got me about Kill Team is the kind of the illusion of building your own Kill Team. Yeah, when the, there's not enough options to really no, build, you get what you what they gave you, and that's it. Yeah, and it pretty much really only had one. I mean, there were some some knobs you could tweak, but for the most part, every Kill Team was, you know, if you played, if you both were dropping the same kill team probably had the exact same, you know, close to the exact same list. Yeah. Um, and so the variety was you played multiple kill teams, right? That's where it's, it's like they were experimenting with the rules to see if it took, like we were talking about with the movies in the first of a trilogy. It's like they were playing with kill teams. Yeah. But they, it hasn't done well enough for them to like really invest in. Yeah. Which this is their, that this version is their third go at a proper kill team version. I think or not. I can't remember. I mean, uh, if if anything, open up Necromunda to allow more 40k factions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, that's kind of what the previous edition of Kill Team was. Yeah. You know, prior to that, you know, before they kind of branched off to be so different. But, anywho. Um, old World's coming. So, there's that. Eventually. Eventually. I think yeah. it'll be next year. Yeah. They usually do uh, one of their flagship games one year then the next year is going to be one of the more specialty games and then a flagship game so we'll probably get old world and then sigmar yeah. in the next two years do you think uh horus heresy ever gets updated to something that looks more like 10th, 10th edition rule well, set wise they had a new rule set come out last year oh do they that's with a new box and everything and and its rule set is still kind of i i think it's still its own thing yeah. i think that's horse heresy is for it's the same as like BattleTech. It's for the nostalgia of the really complicated yeah. old 40k. Yeah. But they're moving a lot of their Forge World stuff to Games Workshop in plastic. A lot yeah. of the old, the uh, the Forge World tanks, uh, a lot of the knights are going to be moving from resin to plastic. So, I mean, that's one thing that's going to be cool. Yeah. So, yeah, then that makes sense. They need to bring Epic back. Uh, there's rumors of that, and yeah. it's still going to be set in uh, Horse Heresy. That would actually be that makes a lot more sense. I think that that would be really cool to play uh-huh. epic level heresy battles. Um, so yeah, so that's our thoughts on tenth edition. Um, so uh, so yeah, probably no podcast next week because um, I'll I'll be out and. Uh, but so we may be back in two weeks uh, with another with another podcast, and we promise it won't be tabletop gaming focused. Uh, I think we've we've been kind of been in this world a little bit. I like tabletop. Gaming. I know, <laughs> I know, but not everybody that listens to us is our tabletop gamers. So we'll we'll branch it out with something else. Hopefully, hopefully, my goal is to get all four of us on one freaking podcast. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. It was supposed to happen in May before all the cons started again. Yeah, that never happened. Um, so anyway, uh, but uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if if you enjoy our podcast, please uh, please rate us. Uh, um, 
comment, give us a, give us a review on, on all, on whatever podcast uh, platform. If you're listening to us on YouTube, uh, comment, like subscribe. Uh, we also have other great content on YouTube, all of our exclusive reveals, um, our, uh, our weekly run, run, news rundown that's this week at unknown. And then of course we also have our uh, top five pre-order videos on our YouTube channel uh, that you can, that you can check out there. Uh, Tanner, thank you for joining me and uh, everyone. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, this has been another unknown comics podcast. <laughs>